if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. We get started now at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the 11th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord 2021. Coming up on the program, the coordinated attack on free speech is underway. Underway. Actually, it is now just picking up steam. It has been underway for a very, very long time, particularly as it pertains to social media and the tech giants that are silencing the new way that Americans communicate and coordinate. And yes, just the way that they interact with one another. The attempted and intended isolation of people that are deemed to be unworthy, the deplorables, the conservatives, the Trump supporters, isolate and intimidate. That is what has been going on, and now it is picking up steam at a very, very rapid pace. We're going to talk about that coming up at 1010 this morning with Patrick Wood, the Executive Director of Citizens for Free Speech. It is uh, it is dangerous. We are also going to talk about the attack on free speech that is being waged right now by big tech, along with many other uh, aspects related to what happened last week on Capitol Hill with uh, our own uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, who joins us now to lead off today's show on AM 1420, The Answer. Congressman, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, as uh, as well as yeah. can be expected, Congressman. There's several things that I have been condemning uh, on air and uh, in person. I'm giving speeches and and, uh, and and also online where I can. And I want to talk about all of them with you. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the condemnation sure. first of the riot, of the yep. attempted you know, siege or takeover or whatever you want to call what the emotional people did on uh, Wednesday at Capitol Hill. I will not call it an insurrection. I do not believe for one second that anybody in that crowd attempted was intending to go in there and literally overthrow the American government, the American Congress. I believe they were there, they were angry, uh-huh. and they uh, their emotions got the best of them, and they wanted to go inside and scream and yell. Uh, but that's not an insurrection. Nonetheless, it is also inexcusable and intolerable. I know you have said that. Um, yep. Congressman, the one thing that I want you to talk about, though, is the fact that you have always said this, that violence and yeah. rioting is not to be tolerated or condoned. Not everyone can right. say that same consistent condemnation has come from themselves. Yeah, what it was is wrong. I mean, as wrong as wrong can be, it was, it mm-hmm. was, it was tragic and it was um, a terrible thing. 
Um, but you're right. We have been consistent in that. Um, you've been consistent in saying that. We said it when it happened last Wednesday here at the United States Capitol, and we said it all last summer when it was happening in cities around our great country. So um, we, I wish everyone in positions of leadership would, would have that same consistency. But it was a terrible thing that happened. There was loss of life, and, and it was just a, a, a tragic thing uh, for our country. It was it was tragic um, and it was uh, deadly. Literally, there were there were there were fatalities. A woman was shot. Mm-hmm. I still do not understand why she was not bearing a weapon. She was not uh, brandishing a weapon, rather, and she was not um, resisting arrest or anything of that nature. A police officer was killed in the scuffle in some capacity, some way, shape, or form. So clearly, yeah. clearly, people are going to have to look and figure out what caused it and why it was allowed to get out of control. Some people are pointing the finger of blame at the Capitol Police, saying they were unprepared for this uh, and that they did a lousy job of trying to stop this. How do you, in fact, people are now talking about whether or not the inauguration on January 20th can happen safely, uh, uh, you know, get, considering the fact that security is now in question at the Capitol. Um, are you concerned about that, Congressman? Well, well uh, look, I, would, I, I hope there's no one coming to the Capitol is going to do any kind of harm uh, anytime. Uh, they have beefed up security here in D.C. Uh, tremendously. I think that's appropriate. And the president of the United States, uh, President Trump, has said there is going to be a peaceful transition of uh, from one administration to the next, the way our country operates. And I believe that is going to happen on, on January 20th, like it's happened every time there's been a transfer of power from, from one president to another. Um, and let's just hope that, that it works that way. But uh, I certainly hope that's the case. And uh, that you, if you were in D.C. now, you would see the, the increased presence. Uh, around uh, the Capitol grounds. Congressman, speaking of President Trump, saying there will be a peaceful transition, um, this is what the president said during his speech on the mall there while uh, Congress was getting set to start the process of certifying or challenging the certification of the election. I just want you to listen to this first five to ten seconds. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard peacefully and patriotically peacefully and patriotically i put that on a loop congressman and i posted it everywhere i could um Mm -hmm. peacefully and patriotically he also used the word cheer we we are going to walk down pennsylvania avenue to get to the capitol and cheer on our brave senators who are challenging the certification of the election and demanding uh you know a 10-day investigative committee um that doesn't sound like incitement to violence, and yet the left now is prepared to impeach him for a second time, prepared no. to call for the 25th Amendment and remove him from office before uh, January 20th and the end of his term, saying that he incited violence and is thus a criminal. Uh, Bob, take that, one, Congressman. One, one week before he is going to leave office, they are going to do this. And, and this is, I don't know if, if, it, if it's revenge, I don't know if it's spite, I don't know if it's politics, I'm not, I'm not sure what the motivation is, but it makes no sense. It does not unify the country to do this. They've been out to get this president, as you know, we've talked about time and time again, they've been out to get this president since before he got elected the first time, when they opened the investigation in July of 2016, and then it was, then it was the Mueller investigations, three years and $40 million of investigating, and they found nothing, then it was the first impeachment, and here they go again. And I really think these two issues are connected. The impeachment of, the, of President Trump and going after him here one week before he's going to leave office is about canceling the president. It's about the attack on the First Amendment, attack on, 
on 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 our, our fundamental liberties. And, and it's no accident that at the same time they're planning this impeachment, you, you've seen what what is happening to people online. You've seen what's happened to Parler. You've seen the attack on free speech. And I, I've said many times before, do you have a functioning First Amendment when you're going to impeach the president for saying go to the Capitol in a peaceful and patriotic way and, and, and make your voices heard? You're going to impeach him for that when you've got people being pulled off off offline. You've had Parler not, not able to operate. Do you have a functioning First Amendment when only one side's allowed to talk? And that is unfortunately where we're, where we're headed. I hope it stops because it is dangerous. It is extremely dangerous for this country. And I would hope, and I said this yesterday, I hope that the, the, the uh, Vice President Biden will step forward and give the kind of speech he should give. He, at 4 a.m. On, on Thursday morning, he became the president-elect. The process was finished then. We, played, we, 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 we went through the process like you're supposed to. But he became the president-elect. He should go give that speech and calm things down and unify our country. Yeah, Joe Biden has given no indication he wants to do that. Um, do you think that this is, because you kind of questioned it a moment ago, you said, I don't know if it's revenge or what. Do you think it might also be forward thinking? Because President Trump has hinted over the course of the last two months at various points about see you in 2024. Um, an impeachment and or a removal via 25th Amendment would preclude him from running for office again. Do you think that might be their motive? I think politics is certainly their motive. Um, I mean, because there is nothing that's, nothing that's going to help unify the country by impeaching President Trump one week before he's going to leave office. I mean, that, that, that just makes absolutely no sense. So um, I, I guess that's got to be their motivation. Um, but as I said before, they've been out to get the president since, since before he was elected in 16. And it just continues yeah. on. And it's, it's been this obsession that they have. Um, and it's unfortunate because it's not healthy. It's not just the president that they are calling to remove from office before his term ends, like you said, in a week. Um, they're trying to get Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, among others, to resign or be removed from the Senate for daring to actually use the methods allowed by the Constitution to challenge the certification of the election. They were doing things the right way on the floor of the Senate and making an argument. They were not instigating. They were not inciting. They were doing nothing but what the Constitution allows them to do. Why, and maybe this is a rhetorical question because I kind of know the answer, but why, do you, or why would you say they are trying to do this, sir? Uh, you know, this is unfortunately the way the left operates today. There is a member of, of, a Democrat member of Congress who said that 127 of us who signed the amicus brief uh, supporting the Texas case uh, a few weeks ago, that we shouldn't be allowed to be seated in Congress. And then they have the nerve to turn around and say, we're trying to overturn an election. When you have a, a, a colleague, a Democrat colleague, trying to say that 127 elections should be overturned, they've seated one member of Congress who won her race in, in, in the Iowa district by six votes, certified by all the – totally certified. They've, they've seated her conditionally. So this is how I mean I, I just do not understand the left what they, what what they do but um, it's it, it's it seems politically motivated all the time but what what concerns me is the attack on the First Amendment you think about this past year Bob they told us that we couldn't go to church we couldn't go to work uh, we, we we couldn't go to school you you you, you uh, and, and now they're now they're saying oh now you're not even allowed to talk in a political fashion we're only going to let one side speak and and, and that your avenues for for advocating things and speaking about political issues and public policy is is now limited. That is that is frightening where they want to go, and I hope it stops it because, as I said before, it is not healthy for for our great country. 
Congressman, I was going to save that uh, that part of this for the end, so let's do this more in depth now. When you talk about an attack on the First Amendment, all of the ways that you already have, you're a thousand percent right, but let's talk specifically about online. This is a new world. It is a technological world, and it's a digital world, and the way people communicate now is not by phone calls. It is by social media. It is by direct messaging on social media. So what they have been doing for the last several years, really since the Trump administration mostly began, is censoring conservative points of view by shadow banning, mm-hmm. by outright suspending, by putting covers over posts or tweets that they don't like saying this is challenged or this is uh, inaccurate and you can't see it. They've been doing this for a long time. Now it's straight up canceling accounts, canceling the existence of a competitor, by the way, a company mm-hmm. that was yep. probably on its way to a billion dollar valuation. The growth of Parler was enormous and it was the direct competitor to Twitter. Now they are literally celebrating talking about Apple, Google and Amazon all canceling Parler, but either from their platforms on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, two phone carriers, uh, and in Amazon's case from using their servers to even exist. So it, it's, how is this not? And I know some people on Capitol Hill are already calling for antitrust suits yep. to be filed here. Uh, and in fact, I think Devin Nunez is calling for a RICO oh, yeah, uh, investigation. Sure. How, how, how can we not? This is a coordinated attack on a company that is trying to provide free speech to people. Right. It, it, it sure is. And as you said, they celebrated it. Jack Dorsey put out a, put out a tweet a couple hours after, after Parler was taken down. Um, uh, put out a tweet with a, you know, in- encouraging it. And I-, I think it was the heart emoji. I mean, he was, he was gleeful that, that his competition was, was, was now not able to operate and, and, their business. And, and the thing I point to, Bob, and, and people should remember this. I said this in a committee hearing this past summer to the Democrats. When the, when, when the mob never stopped, they're not going to stop with conservatives. They're not going to just stop with Republicans. It, the mob always goes and everyone's speech is, is going to be in question. Because once you once you unleash this, it is so dangerous. Because the the, the the appetite for the people who think that you can only say what they want to hear is is scary. And and they accuse Parler of doing exactly what they're doing. Never forget, the Ayatollah can post uh, things on on Twitter and Facebook. He talked about striking a blow against America. He can post it, but somehow President Trump, the leader of the free world, can't. I mean, this is this is again. I can't emphasize this enough. I think this is so dangerous where things are going, and it needs to stop. And I hope people on Capitol Hill will, will calm down and recognize what we're, what's at stake here in this debate. The Chinese Communist Party has free access to Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you mentioned the Ayatollah. Leftists in Hollywood have 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 held, uh, you know, the the uh, severed head of the president, you know, uh, uh, you know, up yep. in, in photograph. They are they have called for the hanging of Mike Pence. They have called for Mike Pence uh, to be uh, uh, to be run through a chipper or wood chipper and rolled in salt. I can't remember all of the things that they have said, and none of those things have been censored, banned, suspended, warned, or whatever. So this is not about yep. trying to stop the incitement of violence. It is chosen to specifically stop an ideology from being perpetuated here. And it goes beyond just the stopping them from speaking by way of parlor or any other online opportunities, Congressman. Now they are calling for anybody who has worked for the president or has publicly supported him on those platforms to lose their jobs, to be canceled, to have their existence canceled. I mean, literally, you are not to be employed. You are not to be welcomed into public uh, spaces. You are to be kicked to the corner where you should shrivel up and die. This is literally what they are planning, and and, and they're making lists. That's I, I can't express how dangerous that is. 
Yeah, it sure is. And I appreciate the fact that you've talked about it and you've tried to expose it. Um, the cancel culture is, is I think, the, the biggest issue we face in the country um, be, be, because of what you just described. Uh, this idea that you know, they're going to come after your employer. They're going to make it so you can't be employed. They're going to come after your family. They're going to dox you. They're going to do all these things. It is, it is just flat out wrong, and we need to stop it. Yeah, there's no question about it. And the question is, Congressman, can we stop it, given the fact that we are going to be, you know, in the minority now in both houses, considering the tie-breaking vote coming in the Senate from Kamala Harris? What can we do to stop this? We can't pass legislation to stop it. What can we do? Well, we got to keep talking about it, and, and we got to look uh, to get some Democrats to understand. the, the I, I've always talked about my, my, my good friend Dennis Kucinich, who understands that, that you want a real debate. You don't want to silence your opposition. You want a real and fair debate. Amen. And I'm hoping that we're going to have some Democrats say that. I hope you're right. Congressman Jordan, I know it's a busy day for you, sir. Thank you for coming on early with us. We Thank you. It. You got it. Thank you, sir. That's Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer, it's 922. Hey, listen, before we take our break here, I want to tell you, about something very, very exciting. A new sponsor to our show is somebody that I am very, very excited about because I've known for some time. I want to talk to you about your health, and I want to talk about improving your health, and that's why I want to tell you about Tenpenny IMC. That's the Tenpenny Integrated Medical Center, multidisciplinary health center located in Middleburg Heights. The health team at Tenpenny IMC, the DOs, MDs, nurse practitioners, chiropractors, physicians, assistants, are medical experts specializing in everything from pediatrics to homeopathy to osteopathy to hormonal treatments, women's health, and so much more. And while traditional medical centers are pharmaceutical-based exclusively in their treatments, the caregivers at Tenpenny IMC are different. They are dedicated to making you more healthy, not just treating your symptoms. I want you to take a look at Tenpenny IMC. By the way, this is a cash-based health center. So rather than letting insurance companies dictate your health care, you are in control. You choose the services that you want to pay for, and Tenpenny IMC will create the right health plan for you. Call 440-239-3438 to schedule an appointment or to ask for a free 15-minute consultation to see if Tenpenny IMC is the right fit for you. Learn more about integrative health at tenpennyimc.com. That's tenpennyimc.com. If you want something that's different, something that's about your overall health, not just treating your symptoms with prescription medications that only suppress your symptoms, this is the place for you. Spend your health care dollars wisely. At Tenpenny Integrative Medical Center, you could have been better by now. We'll be right back. They either lie or make up nothing. All right, it's 927. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer, thanks again to Congressman Jim Jordan. We hit a lot of, covered a lot of ground and hit a lot of the key points that need to be discussed here uh, as the left tries to essentially destroy conservatism. They see this as their moment of revolution, a socialist revolution to take over the United States. It begins with the purging of liberty and those that supported liberty, including all Trump supporters, both in elected office and outside. That's what this is all about. It is a revolution. Every revolution 
and and this is extraordinarily important to understand. Hugh Hewitt tweeted about this, and it should be noted. Um, every revolution that has ever come down the line has begun with an assault on and the silencing of dissent by the people. If the people are actually allowed to speak and communicate with one another, they are allowed to organize. If they are allowed to organize, they are a threat to the government takeover. Okay? They are a threat to the government takeover and the establishment of that repressive and oppressive um you know, utopia that they see that that would result. So what do they have to do? They have to stop that communication and that organization. And as I said to the congressman, in the year 2021, and for the, in this time, in our age, the way we communicate and organize is online. They are taking that away. They're taking it away by way of social media suppression, taking it away by social media elimination, of platforms deplatforming, taking it away by limiting, if not outrighting, banning emails from going through. That's right. There are email server, servers and services that are banning conservatives from using their products. So you can't go on social. You can't use email. You can't post videos. You can't share information, you can't organize, but your opposition can do all of the above. They can use all of those pla- and if you you know one of the things they always say, if you don't like the liberal nature of Twitter and its banning of conservative viewpoints, ha, build your own. Build your own platform, they say. And the people at Parler said, "Okay, deal. We'll build our own." And they did. And it became a threat. It became a threat to the liberal occupation of bandwidth and space and attention and information in the form of Twitter and Facebook. So now what did they do? You built your own, and we are going to take away your ability to present it. Enter Jeff Bezos or Bezos and Amazon, whose servers are needed for an organization the size of Parler to be existent, to actually, uh, uh, you know, to actually appear and to be usable by millions of people. So they said, build your own. They didn't think we would. We did, and now they are getting rid of that as well. This is an out-and-out assault on free speech in America with an end goal of full-on revolution an overthrow of the capitalist republic in which we live, and the imposition of a socialist nightmare that they desire. It's 9.30. We'll get news and your phone calls immediately after this. I'm 1420 The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Do you have a functioning First Amendment when you're going to impeach the president for saying, go to the Capitol in a peaceful and patriotic way and, and, and make your voices heard? You're going to impeach him for that when you've got people being pulled off offline. Off you have Parler not, not able to operate. Do you have a functioning First Amendment when only one side's allowed to talk? That is a great question. And the answer, of course, is obvious. No. We do not have a functioning First Amendment, and as such, we do not have a functioning republic. This is the beginning of a revolution. 
and I cannot state that more fully. One of the things that we have to discuss here, among many, and I'm going right to your phone call, so if you're on hold, stay there. I'm coming right to you. One of the things that we have to recognize here is that they have a goal. Their goal is to literally silence all dissent. The reason for that goal is they have um, a bigger goal of a socialist utopia in which they are on top and in charge of the distribution of everything. In order to accomplish those things, that dissent must be silenced so that it cannot organize. This has been the case in revolutions and overthrows of governments uh, throughout world history. We've seen it with the Bolsheviks. We've seen it in, in, in Mao's China. I mean, this is, not, this is not even in question. In fact, let me read a quote from, uh, I, I think I, I incorrectly attributed this to, um, to Hugh Hewitt earlier. Rather, I want to share this from uh, Dr. Everett Piper, who sent this to me this morning, just kind of a reminder of this. Um, apologies, it's, it's in three different places here, and I want to make sure I can, I can read it to you in its entirety. And I may not be able to pull it up in time. I read this last night. I got this from Dr. Piper, uh, and I was also reading some of the tweets from Hugh, which were very similar. That's why I confused the two. But at any rate, um, what the doctor pointed out is that in all of world history, when there were revolutionary takeovers of governments, especially those that were oppressive and repressive to the people, they were started by silencing the people's ability to fight back. In other words, silencing their ability to organize and and kind of uh, provide a counter to what is being done, to the overthrow that is being done. And if you look back in, in Russia, and if you look at China, if you look at several other examples of this in world history, this is the course that we are on. What they did to Parler on Friday in announcing, we're going to use a bogus, made-up, BS excuse of saying that you, Parler, are not sufficiently moderating, i.e. censoring, comments on your service, on your platform, that were calling for uh, and inciting people to violence at the Capitol last Wednesday. In other words, they were just blaming the surge of people at the Capitol, which was not an insurrection. It was a crime, and people who are being held accountable for it should but that that surge of people into the Capitol on Wednesday was Parler's fault. This is what they're doing. Parler is an actual free speech service. It's a free speech social media application. It doesn't censor people unless there are outward threats that are made. And there is a process in place for people who see things that are in violation of terms of service to be reported and presented and thus removed from their site. But they don't actively comb through millions of people's, millions of parlays, which is their word for a tweet on their service. They don't actively comb through them to decide with a group of moderators, well, we think this is this is a little bit offensive, we're going to remove it. We think this is a little bit uh, uh, non-PC, we're going to remove that. We think this might be an incitement, we're going to remove that, because they do not believe in censorship. And as such, millions and millions of Americans have found their way to parlor. When Twitter and Facebook conspired in what I can only describe as a a conspiratorial collusionary action to ban President Donald Trump from their their platforms so he could not speak 
and 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 reach the 60, 70 million people who follow him on Twitter and Facebook, when they made that decision, millions more Americans said, well, we're gone too. If they ban the president, they can and will certainly ban us. So they voluntarily left Twitter and Facebook and went to parlor. So immediately, immediately, the leftists who are in charge of the world got together and said, we need to stop this now. Now, who are the leftists that are in charge of this world? I said this last, or on Friday, rather, and I said it at the speech I made to McFan, Medina County Friends and Neighbors, on, uh, on Saturday morning. Sundar Pichai, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, and I don't care if I'm not, he's the CEO of Google. Mark Zuckerberg is the CEO of Facebook. Jack Dorsey is the CEO of Twitter. Bill Gates is the CEO of Microsoft. And Tim Cook is the CEO of Apple. Jeff Bezos is, of course, the CEO and owner of Amazon. These are the most dangerous men in the world. I cannot overstate that. They are more dangerous than Joe Biden in the White House, more dangerous than a Kamala Harris as a vice president, more dangerous than a Nancy Pelosi or a Chuck Schumer in charge of our Congress. They are more dangerous because they control information. They control communication. They control the ability of people to speak freely and oppose the aforementioned Biden, Harris, Pelosi, Schumer, AOC, and on down the line. No one can challenge our elected officials. In the past, in the past, when we have very dangerous elected officials, we can and could organize and win elections to remove these people and get us back on course, the course set forth by our founding fathers. Well, the way people organize and prepare campaigns and prepare challenges and to limit the effectiveness of corrupt elected officials Today, they do that online. So the elimination of the ability for us to challenge those elected officials online is their greatest step toward the socialist utopia that they desire. They eliminate our opportunity to challenge them, to fight them, to remove them through the electoral democratic process. That's what makes them the most dangerous people in the world. Let me put it just one other way, and then I'll go to your phone calls. Democrat candidates raise hundreds of millions of dollars online. And the way they do that is to reach out to their people who are supportive of their causes by way of these excuse me, social media accounts and these leftist uh, servers and, and email operations, and they will be able to continue doing so unchallenged because conservative candidates republican candidates and sometimes those two are not mutually or those things are not united they're mutually exclusive of one another unfortunately but conservative candidates and or republican candidates will not be able to raise funds and generate support and generate votes online because they're going to be removed from the platforms that's why this is so extraordinarily dangerous and Pichai or Pichai, Zuckerberg, Dorsey, Gates, Cook, and Bezos are the greatest threats to the existence of this constitutional republic in the world today. Jim Jordan knows it. That's why he brought it up. 
and we're going to talk about it with Patrick Wood, the executive director of Citizens for Free Speech, who is all over this, uh, coming up at 1010 this morning. Let's go to Marty, who's calling us from Kent on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Marty. Thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning. And uh, first thing I have to say is I uh, completely agree 120% or whatever to what you just said since the break. Um, let me ask you something. Uh, do you remember, uh, if you were ever back in school, were you ever bullied? Uh, yeah, actually I was. Okay. And what was your resolution to that bullying? Um, well, it depends on the age, I suppose. When I was really young, the resolution was to go and tell the principal. When I got a little bit older, it was to pop somebody in the gut, uh, you know, and that usually stops it. And I have to echo the same thing. So everybody, I would venture to say just about everybody, you know, elementary, junior high, high school, Mm -hmm. was bullied. And about Mm -hmm. the only resolution when you couldn't get an adult to get involved was to take physical action against the bullier. Right. I honestly believe, and I'm not advocating violence at any point in time because, again, that's a slippery slope the same as the bullying as what is going on is a slippery slope. But at some point in time, the only way to get the bully to take a step back and stop, you got to punch him in the nose. So what's your proposal here? Are you talking about, you're not talking about physically punching people in the nose here. So what are we saying? I don't know. That's just it. We are the, the, the right, the people who are trying to support freedom of speech, First Amendment, Second Amendment, whatever you want to call you know, what, however you want to go, mm-hmm. is trying to do this through a very peaceful avenue. And as you can see over the past four years, that hasn't worked very well. I honestly believe at some point in time, the realization is going to come about that trying to do it through legal avenues, trying to reverse this through elections or anything else, is honestly not going to suffice. The, the head start okay, let me, from let the me, let me let me Let me follow up, because now that I understand exactly what you're saying, uh, let, me follow, let me respond to that, Marty, and I thank you for your, you for your phone call. Um, there may be a time, and in fact, you, if you really want to be bold, you could say there will be a time, when um, trying to win elections, when trying to make a peaceful point to try to win somebody over ideologically and uh, you know through through you know verbally and mentally you know outdueling people uh, is a way to change their their hearts and minds, and and that that no longer is is possible. There there you, if you want to be bold, you can say there will be a time for physical action meaning there will be a time for a physical um, revolution. And it's kind of weird. You know, the, the American Revolution started when we turned on the British government and said no more and fought back against the agents of, their op- of our oppression. In this case, it would be strange, but it would be a revolution not to start and overthrow a government um, and, and start a new country the way we did in the American Revolution. It would be a revolution to retain the country that we already have. It would be very strange and bizarre. If that time comes, or again, if you're bold, when that time comes, we will know it. 
We will know it, and it will be much more organized than a bunch of people cheering at a rally, uh, you know, on, on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., and then walking to the Capitol building and then being inspired by something or provoked or prodded by something, and that's still debatable as to what it was, to go in there and scream and yell inside the Capitol building. That's not a revolution, and that's not punching a bully back. That's not punching a bully in the, in the face, like the caller was talking about. If he's talking about a physical response, there may be or will be a time for that. We're not there yet. Let me tell you real quick what I told the crowd at Medina County Friends and Neighbors on Saturday morning. Because people are saying, what do we do? What do we do? Bob, you even said that you know Georgia was our last chance at a firewall to stop them from you know the most radical things in the world. And we lost Georgia. And that's correct. I did say that. I did say we are in serious, serious jeopardy if that happens. And I believe we are. But the one thing that we still have in our arsenal is reason. And it is words. And it is on behalf of our particularly Senate side, the upper chamber, uh, congressional representation. All we need in a 50-50 Senate with Kamala Harris, the vice president, to be casting the deciding vote to break ties, is one. One. For the last four years, we've, let, we've, we've lived in, you know, in fear of that one Lisa Murkowski flipping over, or two in, uh, you know, in, uh, um, what's her name in Maine, for crying out loud? Uh, it's uh, drawn a blank here right now. But, but we, we've had these one or two more centrist, if not center-left Republicans in our majority in the Senate. We worried about them flipping over and siding with the Democrats and it, you know, throwing a monkey wrench into the entire, into the entire operation, right? Well, that's where the left is now. Nancy Pelosi has the majority in the House. They can send radical legislation over to the Senate. And all we need is one reasonable senator, one reasonable Democrat senator, i.e. a Joe Manchin, to stand up against the most radical, not saying he would stand with us every time, but the most radical one or two pieces of legislation that could be put forth can be undone by one Democrat vote. One. And so it's up to us to talk to our representation, our Republican representation, and we need to talk to them more than we ever have before and encourage them not just to cast the right vote themselves, but what Democrats are you working on? working with, to try to get them to understand what they are trying to propose, the radical left wing of the Democrat Party, the Schumers and the Harrises and the AOCs and the the other socialists, um, is extraordinarily dangerous for all of us, including and especially those in the center. Those center-left Democrats can be reasoned with, and all it takes is one of them to flip. So my message to the crowd and to you today was and is... All we need to do is tread water. We don't have the firewall we wanted in the Senate. That is a disappointment. It's a danger, quite frankly. But all is not lost yet. It is not yet time for people to say we need to start thinking about physical or armed retaliation or action. It is not the time for that. We are not there. If we can tread water for two years, guess what happens in two years? In my opinion, and we have seen this before, we saw it two years after Obama was elected, the Republicans took over the House in the midterms. 
We saw it after Trump was elected. Democrats took over the House in the midterms. And guess what is going to happen two years after Biden is elected? Biden, Harris, or Harris, Biden. The Republicans are going to take over the House at the midterms. We already closed the gap extraordinarily in this election. Wait until 2022. That's when the legislative uh, uh, pendulum swings back to our side. So the time is not now, as long as we can reason with one or two centrist senators to be reasonable and to stop the most radical of, of the legislative goals that Nancy Pelosi and the others have outlined. They're gonna, we're going to lose some of them, but the most radical ones, abolishing the Electoral College, packing the courts, those courts, those kinds of things, uh, end of the legislative filibuster, those kinds of things I think we can hold the line on and tread water for two years. I'll be right back. Okay, it's 9.56. We're going to talk to Patrick Wood from the Citizens from Citizens for Free Speech coming up at 10.10 this morning. Um, it's, it's here, man. The, 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 the long-anticipated and feared time in which we worried they were coming for the Bill of Rights, particularly and most importantly, the most important of the Bill of Rights. That's why it's number one. That's why the free speech amendment is the first amendment to the Constitution of the United States. It is the most important. And um, it's here. We've been fearing that attack, and it is now here, and we have to win it back. We have to stave off this attempt to uh, remove our rights. Um, And we have to do it the right way. Vince in Westlake, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Vince. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm good, Vince. Thank you again for Saturday. Great time to out the Medina County event that you were at. Some great information for those of us that were there. Obviously, it became even more heightened to what you were just talking about. Well, we are there. We're at that. We're down on the edge. It sounds like we're falling off the edge of our free speech and our rights and everything else that. Well, you know, when you speak of edges, you know, they've been nibbling at the edge of of removing and restricting our free speech for a while now. Now they have basically just taken the big bite. They're just saying, you are gone now. And those who who support uh, the leftist causes are looking at them and saying, go farther, go further. You know, one company, and I'm sorry, I'll give you your time back in a second here, Vince, but one company that I have not talked about is Mozilla. Mozilla, which owns the Firefox browser, they are literally saying, hey, Apple and Google and Amazon, you have deplatformed Parler. You haven't gone far enough. They literally are saying, excuse me, Mozilla is literally saying anybody, any individuals uh, who were participating on that platform must also be removed from online activity, online capacity. I mean, they're saying deplatforming them is just the start. Uh, make sure that they can never come back again. So this is, I didn't mention Mozilla, which uh, is, is another tech giant because they're not quite as big as the others, but uh, they literally are, uh, they've, stopped, they've stopped nibbling around the edges, to borrow that word again, uh, and they have taken a giant bite now, and they're looking for more. Go ahead, Vince. What else you got? Yeah, you're, and, and you're right, and this is, and this is you know, this is uh, Nazi Germany, 1938, uh, Bolshevik Revolution, China. We're living in it right now, and what, what I'm really concerned about is, you and I and all of us like-minded know this. Our kids, our our young adult children, okay, they're they're don't realize 
And by the time they get to the proverbial boiling water with the frog in it, it's going to be really too late. Uh, how do we get those people? How do we get to them? And, you know, obviously with all the stuff that's going on with the tech squashing of our voices, hopefully there will be some action in Congress, the RICO Act, uh, you know, uh, um, Justice Department action, whatever else we can do. But this is this is crazy, and it's, it's insane. And I hope people out there listening realize how important this is and to start calling your congressmen, start calling your senators, start calling. Because we talked about this before, Bob, that the only way that we're going to move uh, move the dial is if is if they hear from us. And one last thing, uh, I like what you played on the stage there, that loop of Donald Trump's speech. I believe you did it again a little bit earlier in the show. That needs to be pounded on every conservative show, any show that will play it, to let people know exactly what was said instead of what they're making up. And shame on the Republicans exactly. that are bailing on him. So. That's totally it. a thousand Appreciate percent agree, Vince. And thank you for the phone call. I'll say this, by the way, when you talk about, you know, what, what, what it's going to take, you talk about calling your congressman. As I said to the crowd at McFan, it's not just calling your Metro representatives. It is getting more active on the, 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 the most local of local levels. And that is in your schools. I said this then, and I'm going to keep saying this on the radio. We have to get involved in education. The way we win this long war, um, and preserve the, the, constitutional republic as it is is we have to win the children and the children right now are going to the other side because no one is pushing back on the schools no one is pushing back on this far left curricula nobody is pushing back on the colleges and specifically at the youngest levels we need to take back our schools and that means you need to become a ever-present fixture at your local school board meetings be a pain in the a every time they have open questioning periods for uh, your local schools you need to be a pain in the rear end of the secretary in the principal's office because you want to see him or her again. You want to see the superintendent and talk to them again. You need to see the teacher with another parent-teacher conference because of questionable curriculum and materials and assignments and lessons, etc. That is, is the most important thing. We have to win the youth back. We'll talk to Patrick Wood, Citizens for Free Speech, next.